Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I'm Sue Smith, and we love scams. scams. Guys, we love scams. We love you. And today... Piping hot. Piping hot. We love Britney. We love Britney. We love it. We're just going to... Like, look, Sue and I have our lives. We could get into it, but we're just going to get right to this episode. Yes. Yes. I I know... The, you are all sick of hearing me talk about pregnancy. I'm sick of being pregnant. We don't yeah. need to talk about that anymore. I'm still um, at my parents' house with a sprained ankle. I still have a child, thank God. We're it's all fine. in quarantine. That's we're where fine. we're at. We're hanging yeah. by a thread. But you know who's also hanging by a thread? Britney Spears. Britney Spears. <laughs> thank God. How relatable. But guys, we have an amazing guest. We have Clark Moore. He is an actor, a writer, and he's best known for his role of Ethan in the film Love, Simon, and AJ on the last season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's a delight. He's a delight, and he's also the host of Soul Bomb, um, his own podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Please welcome... Welcome... Clark Clark Moore! Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining Clark, us. Welcome. Here. What a treat. Honestly, I feel like I scammed my way onto this show. So And who's to say you didn't? <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do, and we scam you. It's it's all a part of the wonderful mix of scammers I and con artists that we are now friends with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We scam each other. We scam each other. So, Clark, you host a podcast called Soul Bomb. I do. Yeah, it's a podcast about Tell healing us. and identity. Uh, it's interview based, and I know Sue and I are like, please. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> what, is that? what is that? What is that? Wait, can we make this your? <laughs> can you heal us? Can we change the scam? Make it you healing us, and then we'll talk about other stuff. <laughs> it's funny because it's one of those things that's rooted in my organic existence. You know, I sort of have these conversations constantly. How do you deal with trauma? How do you deal with anxiety? How how do you deal with, how do you process stress? These were things I've been talking about for years. If you can't tell, I'm a Pisces. It's sort of the space that I live in. I'm like, hi, hello, how are you? Tell me all of your hopes and dreams and darkest fears. Great. Um, And so it just happened to be perfectly suited for this moment where we're all going through a collective anxiety and we, we kind of talk to all kinds of people, actors, writers, um, thought leaders, healers, politicians, literally anyone. And the idea isn't that we have answers. It's more that we're asking questions. And, you know, everyone's process to healing is their own journey. We're just sort of like comparing those experiences. Now, Clark, do you think that as a country, we're all going to have collective PTSD from 2020? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, yes. I think like (laughs) I approach it with this sort of like tongue-in-cheek self-awareness. Like I'm very aware that the wellness space is problematic in many ways. And that also we have a tendency as millennials maybe or just like as a a culture 
to use terms like trigger or trauma or stress or anxiety, maybe a little bit too generously, too frequently. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, sort of like, is it, is cutting your finger trauma? I guess it is, you know, like it on a scale, sure. On a spectrum, it's on there. But I think uh, with regard to this specific moment, I think this trauma is what we've been living with living through day to day for these past four years. And that's sort of what I mean about this collective anxiety. It's it, it existed before that too, but especially during this time, if you feel particularly attacked by this administration, then I think, you know, I remember having that feeling in November of 2016, like, how am I going to get through the next four years? It felt like forever. Completely, yeah. And I 100%. think the way that I got through it, the way that a lot of us did was just sort of dissociate in the day-to-day and just sort mm-hmm. of like keeping your eyes on these big... T- milestones of like the 2018 election and then now the 2020 right but like how does that chronic stress affect us how are we processing that and are we are we paying attention to it you know a lot of the things that we're seeing now of people screaming and yelling about masks in the streets and in in grocery stores it's like that's not about the mask that's about the stress and the anxiety and the pressure of these past couple four years and specifically of this moment this pandemic you know, feeling out of control and feeling scared. Um, and it's so much easier to focus on like, oh, well, I'm on this side and you're on that side. And it's it's not about, it's not about that. It's not about my mental health. It's about the politics of the moment or whatever, but it's all wrapped up in the same, in the same thing. And I hope that we can at least acknowledge that whatever happens next week, or I guess this will come out after that has happened, maybe. It'll come on after, and Clark, everyone's going to be listening to your like comforting voice already. Your voice I'm is like, so soothing. Can we That's cuddle? Where are yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> My son just learned the word cozy, and I'm like, guys, Clark is cozy. <laughs> Clark cozy. is the epitome of cozy. Okay. Thank you for saying that. Uh, I'll say for anyone out there thank who's you. listening, I appreciate that if you feel the same way. I also, just like everyone else in the world, hate the sound of my voice. So mm-hmm. of if you hate your own voice. You know, it's okay. It could be cozy to somebody else. Sure. You never yeah. know. Yeah. My voice, know. I learned a long time ago, my voice is not for me to experience. It's for mm. you. And so I'm glad that it gives you, it does not give me a soothing experience, but I'm <laughs> glad it provides one for you. Yes. One man's trash is another man's cozy. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Speaking of coziness, you brought us a nice, delectable, bite-sized scam that we can just sink our teeth into and forget about the world, right? I've wanted to do this scam for so long. I've been intimidated because there's so many layers to it. Yes. And I thank you for bringing this to our attention. I mean, really, we have to thank Sue because... Uh, as she knows, two hours ago, I didn't have a scam. That's part of my scam. <laughs> you know what? Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I had, speaking of stress, say? I had it on my list of things to do. And then day after day, I just kept finding it's the it was the thing that I was kicking down the road. You know, It's like, your homework. Yes, Nobody does homework. I, know, I yeah. need to do it. I need to get to it. And I just couldn't come up with one. And then today, my producer for my show texted me and was like, hey, by the way, what's your scam? Because they're asking. And I was like, oh, no, I have to come up with one. (laughs) So Sue and I talked. We had some ideas. We went through a couple of different ones. And then we landed on the scam of all scams, hashtag free Britney. 
Free oh. Britney. Wow. And it's Let's deep, talk. it's layered, it's intense, it's really dark. It's also happening live. This is ongoing, mm. yes. which makes it really complicated. And then there's this sort of, uh, this relationship that we have with it being that we experienced the first part of it firsthand 10 years ago as, you know, Britney fans in the, in like the height of her career. And to sort of have... And what I started to see in reading this, um, I mean, there are countless articles, um, LA Times, New York Times, Forbes, The Atlantic, BBC, uh, The Cut. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, specifically writing about the movement itself, hashtag Free Britney. But there are all these different factions um, and everyone feels differently about it. And they have, they all have different information. And when you read the different articles, the dates change and the specifics on those dates change. Oh, that's interesting. So there's not really a through factual line that you can follow. No, it's really hard. And I'm going to do my best to present. Go for it. This idea. So basically for those who aren't aware, I have a little bit, a timeline of events. So in January of 2008, this is the height of her fame. Brittany is in all of the tabloids. This is, you'll remember when she's she's married to Kevin Federline, she okay. is getting out of the car, and there's the like famous badge shot in the uh, paparazzi photos, and then of course she shaves her head and she takes an umbrella to a car and br- smashes the window, which I feel like is like a symbol of I don't know what it means to be like all this pressure of the media and and fame and everything like that's like an uh, iconic moment and I can't it was photog- glorious yes uh, also because Britney was our I'm speaking for like millennials 30 plus um Britney was like our pop star like yeah. she got famous when we were children and I feel like she was really the first one and then we all know Christina came after and Jessica came after and like everybody else but Britney was like the first baby that came famous that could have been one of us like any of us singer dancer performer <laughs> As children wishing we were more. Um, she was on the Mickey Mouse Club. I wasn't, you know, like all, all those things that I'm completely comparing myself to. But I feel like we all felt deeply with Britney. She was this untouchable, huge star to us of this, like, she was the epitome of the rich and famous. And then to see her with this shaved head smashing a car window. Also, guys, that's also relatable. I feel mm-hmm. like she was also me. I mean, there was Deeply. something so human about it. Deep. Yeah. Ridiculous. And for anybody who was is nice and adorably too young to know this, that like that really ricocheted everyone was talking about. It was the biggest thing, period. It was the yeah. biggest thing happening ever. And I and I think it also sort of at the moment made that was the beginning of my introspection and and thought about exactly as you're saying the what we take from these people who give us so much as celebrities as pop stars and and being complicit both sort of hating the fact that the media was dragging her and taking her down but also being complicit in the fact that we wanted more we we sure. we loved to watch her burn out the fascination behind it Absolutely. And sort of feeling like we were separate from that rather than acknowledging the fact that we were actually playing into it. We were creating the market for it. You know, they were they were chasing her around because they knew we wanted to see it and they would make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So in January of 2008, she gets because of all of this stuff, she gets committed to a, a hospital psychiatric ward against her will. And oh, she's tough. placed under a conservatorship. 
And for anyone who doesn't know that the definition of a conservatorship is created by the appointment of a conservator, also sometimes called a guardian. And a conservator is a person or entity appointed by a court to manage the property, daily affairs, and financial affairs of another person, usually someone who is incompetent by reason of a physical or mental infirmity uh, or because of age. And so basically this idea being that she is sick, she has a mental illness or some sort of, I'm being really careful in the way I say this because Mm -hmm. this is also a big question mark. No Mm -hmm. one knows what she has. Mm -hmm. They refuse to talk about it explicitly. And this is all part of the court cases being sealed as well. So it's like, does she have, was it a breakdown? Was it bipolar? Was it schizophrenia? You know, like, was it a mental illness? Was it a pre-existing condition? Exactly. Or an episode, really? Yeah. Or is she not mentally unwell at all? And she was just really stressed and people were... Had a bad moment. Yes. Like, exactly. The, we Doing the thing we wanted to do, which is smash yeah. the car window with the umbrella. And you being know? human. And then is that... And shave our heads. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. And is that deemed mental illness? Yes. Like, is that like pushing somebody over the edge, then calling... Yeah. It's so complicated. Yes. It's so complicated, and it's also tied into this history of labeling women crazy because mm-hmm. they're difficult or because they're having natural reactions to the bullshit they're being put through by the men around them and yes. the society that they're living in. I mean, her body has been objectified since she was 14 years old. Her, her entire voice. life, her voice, everything about her has been you know, manipulated, molded, she has been commodified. Her yes. She has a naturally, which is with her voice, she has a naturally a deep singing voice. And then the record company wanted her to have this baby voice and sing higher. So that's how and they that's how tuned it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the narrative that they take her through of the sassy schoolgirl through right. to sort of like the Lolita sex, sex forward. Kitten. Yeah, I have a yeah. I'm a slave for you. I have a, you know, I have a python around my neck. And so there's there's all this conversation about misogyny that's wrapped up in this too, um which is which also all of this together makes for a really great hurricane and sort of storm of conspiracy theories because there are countless questions, but there are no answers. Before we get to that, I just want to know what is a conservator Ship mean like how much control does that person have over the person's life complete control so as far as i i can understand i mean i should also say i am not an expert in this i have just done a deep dive over the past couple of hours the drama also surround the people who are on this committee because it changes over the course of this decade so in the beginning it's primarily her father and I believe a lawyer um, that he chose or, or someone that she didn't have a choice in being in that role. And then at one point her brother comes in and, and then leaves and her mother comes in and another woman comes in. And then it's an open then, door policy for her. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> constantly these people coming and going. And unfortunately, she doesn't have control over who those people are, which is part of where the free Britney comes in is like. What are her thoughts on it? So January 2008, she's checked into this psychiatric ward. November of 2008, for the record, the MTV special on Britney Spears comes out. It was sort of the culmination of all this drama. All of the press happens. She goes away for a little bit. They do this documentary. It comes out. And that is the last time that she publicly speaks about 
the conservatorship. And at the time, she sort of says, this is from The Atlantic, she says, Spears has settled into what she called a boring new life of constant monitoring by doctors and lawyers. Even when you go to jail, she says, you know there's the time when you're going to get out. But in the documentary, she says, in this situation, it's never ending. And so there's this feeling of like, she also, though, in it says something to the effect of it's fine and there's going to be a good book, a good mysterious book that she will one day write in the future. That's just a line that crazy people say. Right. right. <laughs> to cope. <laughs> and I wrote a book, so I know. Guys, check um, it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous movies. Dangerous movies, guys. Restaurants are awareness month. Please Wait, was this the last time she spoke about the conservatorship? Is that what you said? Yes. Wow. Exactly. And that was the last time that she explicitly talks about it. And she says, you know, a mix of things. That being a negative one, she also says that things are okay. They're boring. You know, things are boring. Life is fine. Life is normal. And so there's this feeling of like, okay, obviously she probably doesn't like this conservatorship, but she seems to be happy enough. She seems to be on the mend. So maybe things are okay. And she has two kids at this point, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's With also Kevin. a thing that playing into this that I don't know if there's any stuff on this, Clark, but I think that's also a huge factor that they use to pull her in because if she's a bad mother and right. they can frame it as that way, then they can get more control of her as well. And right. I think Kevin exactly. asked for custody of the children too. Right. That sounds right. Okay. So then in 2008, because of this, I think sort of in response, uh, I saw I saw 2008 and 2009. So I'm thinking it's in response to this November documentary, um, a website, a fan site called Breathe Heavy, which was founded by someone named Jordan Miller, launches the original Free Britney campaign. So basically, oh, wow. they oh, early. see, That's yes, fast. this is like the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is they see this documentary, they see that she has these feelings about it. And then they're like, immediately that sounds to me like a person who's unhappy or who's trapped in a situation they don't want to be in. They know Britney. Hashtag free Britney. Right. Mm -hmm. Huge stands. Mm -hmm. They go Mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. That ends up being really bad for them. (laughs) And the people who are on the conservatorship respond negatively. And, you know, someone in the camp, basically the site is almost shut down in there. Like all these lawsuits are being threatened or whatever. So the, the campaign kind of dies down. Fast forward to May 4th, 2016, when the New York Times launches an investigation uh, or they, they release the findings of their investigation. And the piece is titled, Is Britney Spears Ready to Stand on Her Own? Oof. And so this is the beginnings of the resurgence that we find because they're digging in, they're having trouble. There's not a lot truthfully that comes up they basically surmised according to the according to the atlantic that quote the conservatorship has become an accepted fact of life not a cage but a protective bubble that allows her to worry about her true passions which are her music and as you said her children mm-hmm. so basically they die they dig in and they try to find the answer but there is none it seems like she's fine it seems like she's happy or at least that's the party line Mm -hmm. So fast forward to November 2nd, 2017, this podcast called Britney's Graham launches and it's hosted by comedians Tess Barker and Barbara Gray. And it's literally just digging into Britney's Instagram. Good for them. Sort of like, 
you know, what we were all doing when Britney launched mm-hmm. her Instagram, where we were kind of looking and like, oh, that's very interesting. And the dancing she does and the workouts she does. <laughs> yeah. the, it's bonkers. Yeah, That's it's not a real wild. shape of a body. No, that doesn't right, make sense. Right, exactly. And her, her, you know, her flowers that she paints and the Venetian palace that she lives in somewhere in Calabasas or somewhere. And like her miniature, she makes like miniature clay artwork and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, and she burned down her gym. She's, that's really? coming up. Yes, that's yes. coming up. Okay, okay. okay. So basically... These people are, these two women are looking at their, at her Instagram. They're just following it. They're laughing. They're, you know, engaging with the content in the way we all did. Um, I guess Tess Barker has a background in investigative journalism. And in November 2008, she, they basically, I think probably because of this New York Times article as well, start realizing that there are these rumblings around the relationship to the management of the conservatorship. Are you looking at her Instagram? Guys, I'm looking at her Instagram. She's this one picture in like a blue like shirt and she just replays <laughs> it over and over again. She has for years she'll just put the same picture of herself. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. It's interesting and and I think that's part of it too is that anyone who's watching her relationship to her Instagram sort of has these questions of, is this person well? We were talking about how we were complicit in the monetization and commodification of her body and her career. She sort of feels a little bit stunted. You know, there's a little bit of that like 16-year-old still there, which makes sense and such when she became super famous and her life changed completely. Mm -hmm. So November 2018, Tess Barker goes to a court case in which a co-conservator on... So as you said, there's a committee, there's a bunch of people who are on this conservatorship. One of them is requesting a raise for his job, which is managing the conservatorship. So the people who are managing it are also getting paid from Ugh. the money that is that is Britney's That's money. so shady. And they're deciding how much money? Yes, they're deciding everything. Okay. She, That's according so to the conservatorship, up. she's not even allowed to drive a car, <gasps> which is partially connected to the quote-unquote breakdown of 2018. The umbrella. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and all of that stuff. The cars fought back in one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. A win for the car community. Yeah. So basically the reason why I mentioned that one is because they're on to something. They realize something is happening. They're doing all of this investigation and then April 16th, 2019, Britney's Graham releases a special emergency episode, which is based on a tape that they've received from a person who allegedly is a paralegal working on the case for oh Britney's gosh. conservatorship. And and he's, I guess, a, he's a fan of the pod. He's listening and hearing that they're sort of talking and hinting at this or that they might be working on something and he calls to say, you're right on the money. This is messed up. Oh, and like my gosh. details all <gasps> of the things that are happening in a call Whoa. that you can listen to on the Britney Spring <gasps> episode. Guys, oh we're linking God. it in our comments. We're how linking, we're linking. Heard of this how, how is this not like my bedtime routine and story just to listen? I know. <sighs> and so that's when shit gets crazy. So basically they dig into hashtag free Britney. They bring it back up because it's been sort of circling in this in the Britney space for a decade now. 
overnight it becomes viral. They launch the they put the episode up at night. They said to avoid, you know, getting an email being like take it down. They wanted it to be as wide as possible. Oh nice. It goes viral. It takes off. April 17th, Eve, the rapper, wears a shirt with the hashtag free Britney on the official Instagram of the talk. April eighteenth, Luann Deliceps posts a video of her just strutting down a hallway, completely random, and the caption is hashtag free Britney, both <laughs> on the video and the caption of the post itself. I get a chill. Luann Deliceps is like, I'll make it me, but also for Britney, but yes, me. <laughs> yes, but also me. But also me. Look at how great I look, guys. And it <laughs> just keeps some work spiraling done. until April 22nd, 2019, when they when the fans take to the streets and there's a protest outside the of the West Hollywood City Hall. <laughs> I didn't know it went to the streets. In West Hollywood, California. I don't know why there. I don't know. I mean, I guess the It gays, feels right though. Sure. It feels there's right. There's a Venn diagram overlap it, for sure. I get it. Yeah. Britney fans. But this is where it gets crazy. April 23rd, 2019, in response to all of this, Brittany posts on Instagram that she's okay and that she's doing well and that everything's fine. That was not I'm her. Great. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't believe and it. so this is the conspiracy of it all is is she controlling the Instagram? Is it that she really did post that and she wants to show the people that she's actually okay, even though she's working towards changing this conservatorship? Is, you know, are they on to something? And she's saying, like, you're on to something, but don't worry, I'm okay, but keep going. Uh, like, no one knows. It's so no. cryptic. And it, and obviously, this just sort of, like, feeds the conspiracy theories. And then, in and because of this podcast episode, there are other podcasts that are launched in the same space, dot, d- digging into the legal work. There's a change.org petition that has 259,000 oh. signatures trying to raise money to give her money for her own lawyer since she doesn't have access to her own money, obviously. Oh, my gosh. But is that a sort of thing that any money comes to her is automatically taken by the conservatorship? Like, that's kind of a slippery slope because we don't know exactly how it will get to her. Exactly. And I, and I also think that sort of illustrates this larger point, which is there are sort of two things happening at once. There's the true, you know... F- fandom and the true worry about the ethics of this type of legal arrangement and relationship, especially in the context of women having autonomy in their own lives. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the things that keeps coming up in terms of her fighting to gain ownership, uh, to regain ownership of her life, is that the conservatorship lasts through 2021 on the document, but, you know, she's in the past couple of years, she's had all these really successful world tours. She had her Las Vegas residency. Basically, she's been performing at, I mean, there's no way you could argue that a person who is performing at this level, at this capacity constantly is also incapable of making their own decisions or showing, I mean, they're like doing the job that we expect them to do, which is a job which requires a performance at a high level that nobody else can do. And she's doing it fine. She's doing it well. How could she they're going to take credit for it, though. That's the thing. No, like, they want her to keep working so that she can pay their salaries. And right. like, they're going yeah. to say, we made all these artistic decisions. We made all these final decisions. Like, it's so crazy because um, one of the songs that came out, 
Britney, because she grew up in this setting, sort of similar to Michael Jackson, that they just had an ear and they just got what would be an incredible hit song. And so there was a song that came out and Britney was like, that's going to be a hit. And it was mm. the one that, it wasn't Womanizer, it was the one that came out one that was such a huge hit that the second she heard the beginning of it, she's like, that's it. Like, she can call mm. out a hit song. Oh, before... I heard someone talking about this too. Yes, Toxic. It was Toxic. Mm. When she heard Toxic, and that was like one of the resurgence of her career, that was like when she was coming back, she said the minute she heard Toxic, she was like, that's – like, she just could feel it in her bones because she had been performing for so many years. It was this like – you can't really describe it. You can't really put it down on paper. You can't really diagnose it. She just knew it would be it. And she's talked about that. And I don't think anybody has asked or given her any credit about her life experience and yeah. how she's been able to have such a strong career. Like, that's not what anyone's checking in on, which is no. so unfortunate. They don't care. And um, I think that sort of, at least from a fan perspective, it seems like it seems so clear that these people, especially in the leadership role, just want, or in the conservatorship role, just want to make as much money as possible. But then now, again, because we don't have the context and we don't have any answers and we don't truly know what she's dealing with, so we can't contextualize it of like, oh, right, a person with this type of mental disorder needs this right, amount of supervision. We have no idea. So it could be completely that or it could be completely like, oh, actually, she does need full-time supervision uh, because sure. of this certain type. We we just have no idea. And she's not allowed to give an interview or speak to anybody. She's like not. she's completely muted. And I did see that while this was happening, when it was most recently the Free Britney came out um, via TikTok, when it got like the huge new resurgence, her sister, I believe, is trying to get some sort of custody of her and was yes. working towards the course to get a custody. Do we know how many people are on the committee, on her conservatorship committee? I don't know the total number now. And as I said, it keeps going, they keep changing. And so right after this sort of spring dust up of 2019, in the fall of 2019, I guess she has a brother named, I'm confused because I know she has a sister named Jamie Lynn. Yes. But does she also have a brother named Jamie? Named like James or Jamie. Yeah. And okay. her dad's and her dad's name is Jamie as well. Okay. Okay. So there are a lot of creepy soups creeps. Sure. So her brother, Jamie, in the fall of 2019, according to Atlant the Atlantic, leaves the conservative no. role. Oh, so Brian Spears is her brother. Jamie Jamie is her dad. Okay. Okay, okay. So then maybe maybe Brian left. Someone forgive me. Look at the Atlantic article. I think mm -hmm. Jamie got sick and he had to like take off from it. Okay. Yes, he cited medical reasons. Yeah. And this woman named Jody Montgomery steps in and is now who in the, the hell's role. Jody? Who's Jody? Literally who indeed. She becomes Britney's healthcare manager. Why? And there's probably I'm sure there's something I'm missing here, forgive me. Uh there has to be some sort of reason why she was chosen. Um I want to say that she was connected to a family friend, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Jody, real fun at parties. <laughs> she took AP Psych in high school, and so she feels <laughs> she's qualified. Just... Yeah, she yeah, loves yeah, yeah. her Merlot. She's mm -hmm. like a real. She can really turn a tail. Yeah, fully, fully. Who knows? So she steps in, and then okay. So Kate, our producer, chimed in to say there's a lot of family friends that are suddenly working for Britney and working you know to control Britney I do think it was sort of like a family project and this town feels like they're getting it all from her now it sounds like they're all fighting with each other it doesn't seem like there's one clear side it seems like they're all fighting with each other 
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Jamie steps down, Jody takes over, and then Jody, how does it go with Jody? It goes so well, in fact, that later Brittany actually petitions to have Jody be the primary conservator person in favor of her father, who is still in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then September 18th, 2019, the LA Times, you know, following the New York Times, releases their findings from a three month investigation that they did. And again, the paper could find, quote, the paper could find no independent evidence that Spears was being harmed by the arrangement. So nobody knows. There's no, still no full evidence. And then in April of 2020, Brittany burns down her gym, as we talked oh, about. Honey. Oh, my. So Not right in the sign. middle of this fight about her competence and, like, is she responsible? Is she capable of, you know the misogynist argument, like, can she care care for her children? You know, is she a good mother? All of these things that are really just being thrown on her because she's a woman. Then she burns down her gym and it's like, ooh, I don't know. Yikes, honey. Look, I don't know. Maybe it's an accident. But why did she put that on her Instagram? Like, she's Sometimes, so careful about the shit she puts on there. Why would she even ad- advertise that? It's a great bet- question. Well, okay, guys, look, I'll tell you. Sometimes you love candles and sometimes you love a high kick. You know, when you're doing <laughs> yeah, your Zumba sure, at sure, home, sure. you can't control your legs. I mean, she has professional legs. They have a mind of their own. Totally. You can't stop. She's toxic, I might say. <laughs> One might say. One might say, and that might burn down a gym. Who's to say? Who knows? Mm, who's to say? I also, I bet that she has the password to her Instagram, and it's other people posting for her, and then she has, like, this, like, wild hair in the middle of the night, and it's like, and, like, puts out something. Add it to the list. Add it to the Add list it, yeah, of conspiracies. List. Which, by the way, include a conspiracy that many people believe, which is that she was killed and replaced <gasps> by a clone. What? No. That is a real conspiracy that people believe. I love that. You know, and it's real to them, and that's what matters. It's real to them. So then in July of 2020, her mother requests to be put on the conservatorship. So again, you see all these different factions sort of moving in, uh, unclear what the motives are, unclear whose side anyone's on. Uh, And then August 17th, Brittany officially requests for her father to no longer be in charge. And she wants instead, as I mentioned, Jody Montgomery to, okay. and a financial firm to manage the conservatorship. Since the court continues to say uh, no, they, in all these court cases, she asks for them to release it. She provides all these documents to show that she is fit, you know, and of sound mind and body, whatever. And they keep saying, no, it's going to last through 2021. So she says, okay, well, can I at least have people who I like or who I trust. Or an official company, not just like buddies. Exactly, in charge of this. And of course, once again, on August 19th, the fans show up 
And they protest outside yes, of the courthouse do. on trial day saying free Britney. Wow. wow. West Hollywood again? Um, no, this one I think was downtown. Uh, I don't think this was a West Hollywood. This one, they actually showed up to the courthouse. Wow. Mm. And then September 2nd, Britney requests, September 2nd of 2020, so just like a month, two months ago, Britney requests for the conservative sh- conservatorship case to be opened to the public. Good. <gasps> And this that. is the other crazy part, because remember I said the last time that she officially acknowledged the movement or or anything about the conservatorship was in 2008. Brittany posts, or no, through her lawyer in this document and in the press release that they, I guess, that he gives, her lawyer says, quote, Brittany welcomes and appreciates the informed support of her many fans. Wow. Yes. So they're right. Wow. They are so right. So she's speaking to them. Informed support. That's that's how they Their interpret it. Their detective work. Mm-hmm. She's yes. speaking to them. But no Once word about again, a book. <laughs> Disappointed. Where's Disappointed, the book? Brittany. Yeah. Come on. I would, I would read that book in a heartbeat. I would read it in a second. But here's the thing. Since I know this is scam, wow. Mm-hmm. You do. Once again, it's coming. And of course, this is because of the the legality of the conservatorship. She's not allowed to speak on her own behalf. But once again, it's not coming directly from her. It's coming right. from a representative of her. Mm-hmm. And even though she's he's the representative that in theory she chose and that she likes, the conspiracy you know? theorist in me is like, until I hear you say it straight to camera mm-hmm. with, a, with a newspaper of the date and... And showing your, weird, your surroundings messy eyeliner that you're not under duress mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that you're I'm, really the Britney we know truly like i don't i don't know and i i see a world in which conspiracy theorists could really continue to be like it, is this a nod to us is this a confirmation or is this more smoke and mirrors is this you know like who knows yeah there was a, a moment i think it was like august september where every time britney posted something on instagram people would be dissecting it on TikTok saying, oh, she's wearing a yellow shirt. I said in my last comment, wear a yellow shirt if you need help. Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. all these yeah. layered conspiracies. And I don't know if that's still happening, but you know what? I want to hear from the Britney's mouth. I want to hear it straight from Britney's mouth. We want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of like these controlled things. It's really interesting. Like everybody was saying like, why is she doing these fashion walks why are these like really fast videos yeah. because she it had to be confined to in her home her own clothing like her own like it's very weird like I don't think anybody's doing her hair and makeup I don't think anybody is coming in or out of that house she's very much gray gardening right. it and um, it does look very skeptical and the Instagrams are bizarre and the Instagrams don't relate to anything else going on in the world because she is completely isolated. Mm-hmm. And But then she has like boyfriends though. Like who are the boyfriends? Right. I know. Is she, do, they have to, do they have to be approved? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? And so sort of rounding it out because now we're, we're up to the present, um, everyone basically in, in response to this comes to her aid. The ACLU pledges support. Wow, ACLU. With Brittany basically saying that people, some version of people who are disabled are uh, capable of living their own lives and, and having autonomy over their bodies and their choices. Her brother stands in solidarity with her, reportedly saying that she's always found the conservatorship 
frustrating. And there's sort of, you know, these secondary sources again saying like, she has never liked this. She's dealt with it. She's she's gotten through it, but she hasn't supported it. Um, it wasn't a choice. And then September 10th, Harris Hilton on Andy Cohen's serious show basically goes uh, again, talking about the conservatorship and how she should have control of her own body and all of that kind of stuff. So this is all happening live. And, you know, those are, those are the events. Those are, that's the timeline leading us from the original 2008 to today. But for the context of this show, I really feel like there are a number of scams happening at the same time here, right? There's this question of, is Britney's dad scamming her? Is Britney's dad just, you know, cashing checks, capitalizing off of a moment that (laughs) may have even started in a really authentic way of sort of being fearful of his daughter's health and safety? But is he now scamming her for money? That's a question mark. Please don't sue me. And and then another scam, which is, you know, is the Instagram, is Britney's Instagram, whoever is running it, a scam in and of itself? Is it meant, is it trying to For show sure. us that she's mentally unfit? Right. Is it trying to show us that she's actually mentally stable is and well? Is it even her? Like, is it even her? It? Yes. Knows? Yes. Yeah, is it a clone? clone. <laughs> is it wow. That was like high tech planning. Like they planned the moment she was born. They're like, this is going to be a celebrity. We're going to get the cloning started early. Let's get into it, guys. But- but maybe she's like kept, held captive and somebody only lets her out just to yeah. make yes. Instagram videos. Like I think that could be it too. let her do. They're like, you can't do anything but run around in this hallway with this section of clothing. Right. And good luck, child. Like I think right. it's yeah. so controlling. But it said that her sister was secretly named the trustee of her fortune. So that's really nice. Yeah. Right. In 2018. Mm. So the only statement we have from her is she welcomes the informed opinions of her fans. And that's it. Oh, I, know, I gotta it's talk that, to this And then it's a bunch, a series of Instagram posts. That, it's that through her lawyer when filing. I like that. I like it through a lawyer. Yeah. That's official. Yes. And I trust then, it. And then a bunch of Instagram posts that say she's okay, she's happy, she's healthy, she's fine but no one's actually fine it's COVID. no no <laughs> no one's I mean, fine I'm not fine yeah no, no. Fine. no that's a fine. red no. flag right there totally and then of course as we said in the beginning there's the overall scam which is or the question which is is hashtag free britney the movement in and of itself a scam is it based on fact and is it based in a true problem and an issue and a movement to help her or is it just a conspiracy theory? Is it just, you're saying, is the Free Britney movement right. like a QAnon, yes, exactly. basically? I like yeah, the movement. Okay. I, okay, I've well. always thought wow. that like fans, you know, whether they get it or not, look into lyrics, look into their artists, and like kind of become these obsessed experts on whomever yeah. these celebrities are. And I do trust that these fans, they're so upset. They're so, they feel such an unjustness. If you look at any of their million of TikTok or YouTube videos like they're mm-hmm. so hurting for her in a sense that I think there's like they're they're picking up on like this human there's something not right and I think everybody's yeah. spidey sense is kind of off yes mm. yes but I also have to say there is an element of it in terms of it not being right 
I hear it and I feel it and I sense it. I, I sense that energy when I see it. But I also wonder how much of that for me is reconciling the human, the fact that Brittany is a person who ages and who grows and who is not the 16-year-old, oops, I did it again, girl on the, you know, kneeling on the Ooh, so pink. Creepy. Yeah, yeah, with her head yeah. to the side mm-hmm. and her arms out. So sexual. She's such an iconic mm-hmm. figure for us. And and the snapshot of that period of her life is an iconic period for us. It's also pre-internet in the way that we know it today. She's mostly a mm-hmm. pre, in, pre-social media celebrity. Yeah. Um, and so then the question also comes up how much of that offness or not quite rightness is the fact that our entire relationship with her was managed through the press and the media. Yeah, maybe it was, it was already there. Yes. <laughs> maybe she was, was already highly off. curated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't getting selfie yeah. videos of her in 2005. You're right. Being like, oh, this is who I am. This is my quirky, well, weird-ass personality. Yeah, maybe she's always been a weirdo. Well, it's like... Maybe. Well, it's like Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's been playing a character yes. for the last yes. 20 years, you know? So what if Britney is also doing the same and playing this character and, and we have no yes. idea who she really yes. is? I believe Or if that. that was the character then and this is the real now and the fact that right. it's the the two True. are in contrast with each other and the fact that the new one now is so readily accessible in a way that the previous one never was. Right. I, I think it's all of these things combined and the baseline sexism and misogyny of her aging mm-hmm. and us I being angry that. that she's not 16 anymore. Well, I think also I have a theory that when celebrities and specifically children's celebrities become famous, whatever age that is, is when yes. they are told by a bunch of adults, you're doing it right. So then yes. they're going to continue. They don't. There's no need for them to grow and develop and change unless they have like a failure. But if they're successful, like Taylor Swift sort of stayed 14 forever. And like yes. RIP, all the sad stuff with Michael Jackson, like he stayed very young forever because when you're successful at 10, 11, 12, they're like, this is it. It's perfect now. We love everything you do. You don't go through any of that adolescence, any of that growth of that we all have had with making mistakes, screwing up, right. not being desired or interesting. I, is this like a? Did you ever listen to the podcast? Yeah, by Richard Simmons. Is this like a she? She wants to be left alone no, in she her wants like the you know Calabasas estate, or does she want to? Does she want to be left alone and she's fine, or is she being yeah. held captive and someone's? Only letting her out Unclear. to make Instagram posts. We don't know. Oh my god. We don't know because she I can't think she speak. I think she likes don't know. the fans. I think there's an element of like she has had so much of her life being validated by fans. And I think right. that, that is a big huge part of and and mm-hmm. what I remember from young Britney, like when she broke up with Justin Timberlake, like she kind of went through this like huge meltdown because people turned against her because she right. apparently cheated on Justin Timberlake and this glow left her. And I I Remember at that time she was really having a hard time dealing with it and the approval. And from a young age, she wanted everybody to clap and cheer for her. Like I think that isn't gone. And I think right. she's probably searching for that high in her own way. Right. Right. And and to ex- expand on your theory, Kate, the idea also here is that because the reason why that happens when we we experience extreme change or fame in that way. What I've read, and it's funny that I would would use this word after having just said that it's overused, but basically that type of fame and that exponential growth really quickly is experienced as a trauma. 
And okay. so what Trauma. happens is yeah. that they, they're they stunted in that period because that is the last time that they felt safe yes. and that they felt comfortable and the, that A the value. world was simple. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, exactly. That every time, everything after that exponential point in the growth curve is tainted by the fame as well. There's no way to parse out fully, you'll never really know, is this because I earned it or because I'm famous or, you know, is this real or is this the fame, you know? Um, And so for her that to happen for her at such an early age, and that's what I mean about it being off too. It's like, that's part of what you're picking up on is when she's free, when she's carefree and just like fun, loving, living life, she's a 12 year old, 13 year old in a dance class again. And that's why she dances around Mm -hmm. like a 12 year old, 13 year old girl in her living room in her house. And that was successful to her. Like that was yes. when she it made sense in her brain like the equation checked out. And it was safe and it was pure. Right. And also other adults were saying, "We love you doing this. You're doing a good job." Like there's that right. feeling of when you're when you're that young, you are being led by adults, whether it be a teacher, your parents, like a record producer in her case. Like she had right. these leaders and so at then she knew what she was doing all her eggs were in the basket like she was doing everything she had to do correctly and being a good student in a sense right and that's where she would want to go back to i don't know if it's just my hormones but it makes I me know, so, it's sad. Sad. so sad cry it out girl i wish i wish that we could hear from her directly and see what she's like that's really the tragedy going of through this whole thing and that's why i i so mm-hmm. think i think it's such a great idea that she's petitioning to have the court documents opened to the public yes because this is you know yet another way that we control women and take their power away from them i mean the fact that all of the judges who have been adjudicating this as far as i'm aware are men of course you know? yeah it's crazy it's crazy mm. of course Gross. That's really wild. And it, there's, it's just such a like cognitive, con- cognitive dissonance between like this person is not mentally incapacitated in that they can yes. do world tours yes. and make you tons of money, and yet you have to control yes. every facet Both of their can't life. Be true. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. And also, there could be space for. Like, I'm somebody who still needs to be medicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like yes. I can be a great mom, a great wife, but sure. if I don't have Prozac, it's not so great. So you can be someone that is capable of things but needs some assistance, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it doesn't have to be that a bunch of men are running my life yeah. for me because right. I've had a couple bad years out of college, you right. know, and from now on. It's and tough. I think yeah. that's the other thing that I love about this deep dive into this movement because it show it spans a period of time where I would argue our relationship to mental health also hit that exponential oh, that's growth true, curve. Yeah. The way that we talk about mental health today is fundamentally different than the we did than the way we, we did have. in 2008. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also kind of like funny, right? She's crazy. She's lost her mind. Yes. Was the narrative and isn't it so hilarious it that she shaved it away, her head? kind of. It like yes. it dismisses her right away. A 100%. Yeah. Mhm. But now, no, and now honestly, we would never. if this was happening today to her, same series of events, but it's happening in 2018 or 19 instead of 2008 and 9, I think the, the decision that they would reach would be fundamentally different. Because I think sure. the way that we would have been contextualizing mm. this, this quote-unquote breakdown in public conversation in the media would have been much more rooted in psychological fact as opposed to sensationalism and voyeurism. Yeah, and hopefully... That was a very dark time in media, like the 2000s, 
I don't know, it 2004 through 2009. For celebrities, everybody was constantly was attacking them. Too. I mean, it's that was the time where awful. most people were punching paparazzi, if you can remember. Yes. Like paparazzis were like, well, yeah. when did Princess Diana die? Like, I think that was the time. That was 96, Nine? I think. Really? 90s. Something like that. She died in 96. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it only occurred to me in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was like right, when right, right. I addressed that she died. But, you know, there's a theory that she, that, that has, that has to do with Epstein. Really? So mm. we don't know that. Yeah. Sue brings <laughs> everything really back to Epstein. <laughs> oh my God. Sure do. Well, because um, yes. of Prince Andrew. So there's a theory that she knew too much about Prince Andrew and that uh, Epstein Island and everything. Oh so my the God. Oh yes. Yes. Killed, I've heard that conspiracy. We don't know. I didn't realize it was tied to Andrew, but I mm-hmm. have heard that she was, yeah, killed by the family, by the firm. As they say. She knew oh too much. Gosh. Mm-hmm. And didn't, yeah, and didn't they make her yes, out course. to be crazy as well? I don't yeah, know. And, and yeah, and gold of course, digging. women are crazy. Sl- a slut. And, and you know, like all of the sad... things any woman in the uh, public eye has been called, yeah. they threw at her. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, this is incredible. Oh, my gosh. But why are you such a good <laughs> feminist? Like, you're such a good feminist. This is great. Hi, you're a hero, and you did this in a couple of hours. I mean, <laughs> I'm so impressed. This is did wonderful. Did you always finish your college, like, projects, like, right before a deadline? Because you're good mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, <laughs> So did I. I like, sees like, like, sees like. Yeah. I did it too. Yeah. I was the person who was, like, in the 24-hour part of the library, literally falling asleep 100%. while I was writing. And I would, it was this weird thing where I would fall asleep and I would wake up and realize like five to 10 minutes had passed and I had typed Mm -hmm. like a whole page. Yes. And it was coherent. (laughs) Like I had fully blacked out and was just just like blowing out of you. Your brain's like, look, you don't need to be around for this. (laughs) And you probably got an A. Sometimes I got A's. You need to write a book. That's that's (laughs) the story behind this. Forget Brittany. Clark needs one for us. Hey, I will ghostwrite Brittany's book happily. Yes, you will. I know. Oh, I would die. How do we get a message yeah. to Brittany and all of her supporters and who knows who know. are in her wagon that Clark needs to be her ghostwriter? <laughs> <laughs> to the stands, to the Brittany army. Get it Flood out there. those DMs. <laughs> get it. Clark, thank you so thank you. much. I can't, this was awesome. So lovely. And Clark, we're obsessed with you. And mm-hmm. how can other people find you? Oh, thank you. I'm at Mr. Clark Moore on all platforms. It's going to be is. a hard left turn for you because I have no Britney content on any of my socials. You know what? But that's okay. <laughs> and there's always a time to start. Sure, sure. <laughs> Why on. not now? Why not now? <laughs> and the podcast is called Soul Bomb, and it is everywhere, available wherever you get your podcasts, right? as they say. Cool. Oh, I love Great. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Mark, this was so fabulous. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, great. scammers. Keep Bye. scamming. Bye, scammer. You're the best. Wow. Guys. Wow. If you have any insider knowledge about Brittany. Or opinions or, the- or feelings. Yes. That was all we had here. <laughs> That please write to us at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com. We gotta hear what your theories are. Yes. And if you have a direct connection to Brittany and you wanna let us interview her, please. Yes, Brittany, if you are Brittany and you're listening, you can like yes. 
clap out a Morse code or something on our hot tip hotline. Because we will you know be we there. Phone call. We yeah. will figure it out. If you want to only wear a yellow shirt, because that seems to work, and tell us you're in danger, girl. Mm-hmm. Like, shout out to us. Get in uh, touch. Brittany, if you need to call us, our hot tip hotline is 347-509-9414. And if you call and leave a message, I'll give you my personal phone number, girl. <laughs> you know, I don't mind. <laughs> And Brittany, if you need to listen to our back episodes or buy any merch (laughs) or support our Patreon, go to scamwellpodcast.com. Okay? And Brittany, (laughs) if you want to go to our Instagram and like seek some of our cool stuff, we're at scamwellpodcast on Instagram or TikTok, we're at scamwellpodcast. Brittany, if you want a really good DIY documentary that's actually a TV show that I call documentary, um, it's called... (laughs) It's called Grand Designs. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Kate, how's the how's the mantle coming? Brittany, Guys, you gotta hear Brittany. about Kate's mantle. <laughs> Brittany, I wanted a mantle and it might be ruining my relationship. Alan told me it really upsets him and I still want it. Um, Brittany. He's upset oh. by a mantle? <laughs> He's upset. He says he doesn't know where it's gonna go and we might have to throw away a bunch of chairs and then our guests who come over, there's not gonna be anywhere for them to sit. But Brittany, as you know, it's quarantine. No one has guests. You know. And, and Brittany, we would love your design opinion. Okay. <laughs> Brittany, we would love it. And also, if you know any deals, Brittany, like I'm trying to get a good deal on this. It's There's a fireplace that's worth $500 and it's an antique from London because you know I'm like an Anglophile. And, um, but I tried to get it for 100 and the guy didn't respond. Mm. Mm. Brittany, has that ever happened? Have people Brittany, not responded when you try to lowball them? <laughs> help us help you. Brittany, Brittany, we love you. We'll see you next, Brittany. We'll see you next, see you next week, see you Brittany. See you later, Brittany. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.